Hello and a big welcome back to Expected Goals. I'm here once again with Charlie Benny. Uh, how are you, Charlie? I'm well, Liam. Uh, really missing the football uh, already. It's it's barely been a few days and it's uh, already just the worst thing ever. Uh, I'm not sure how people who don't regularly consume football can can tolerate their, their daily lives. So it uh, looks like we're in for the long haul on this one, but we'll uh, try and make it as interesting as possible. Well, we'll definitely do our best. Um, I think it says volumes about what, what football does for people when we're the only side in England this calendar year without a, a league domestic win um, currently on, uh, or it will be by the time the football resumes, if it does resume in April, which obviously there's severe doubts it will. Should it resume then, uh, we'll be on a 99-day winless run uh, as a minimum. Um, so it, even with us, us being um, a little bit below average currently, uh, we're still missing it vastly. Um, but these measures, of course, have to be taken. So we're going to do our best to, to fill the void, um, have a chat about some recent games and, and have a bit of fun along the way uh, as well. So obviously there's been a few games that, that have passed um, since. We're going to focus a little bit today on on uh, the, the trips to Wolves and, and Sheffield United. Charlie, if, if you can remember that, that day back in Sheffield, which feels like many moons ago now, um, what were your thoughts on, on Blades Away? Yeah, it was a really, uh, really nice away day. Personally, it was really looking forward to it all, all year, and um, ultimately weren't disappointed. The the, the team was set up in a, in a slightly different way. Uh, it's probably the I, probably the first game I would say um, we have underperformed in some games, but this is probably the first game that I've seen us take a markedly different approach to um, what what we normally try to do in terms of playing out from the back. It was a much more conservative approach, uh, conceded possession uh, far more readily. Um, and, and basically just recognise that we were we were up against it away to a really 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 good team, and um, and and did everything we could to um, to, to to defend basically. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a um, you know ten member. It wasn't an Atletico Madrid, Anfield style uh, slog, but uh, it, it was it was certainly markedly different to what we've usually tried to do um, away from home. Uh, I, I think a fair result ultimately. Um, a lot of people picked out Matty Ryan for the for the goal that Ender Stevens scored um, and suggested he was at fault because the ball happened to go in at the near post. Uh, we have um, we have considered this, but I think it's fair to say from our perspective, um, he was not at fault whatsoever. The the shot was a was a really fantastic strike. Uh, I'm I'm sure you would agree with that also. Uh, most definitely, uh, I'll, I'll defend Ryan quite heavily. Um, having having done a lot of stuff in regards to to goalkeeping, um, I think the biggest thing is the shot, as you say, is is a quality strike, and our our issues perhaps shouldn't be with Ryan. Cause I had quite a good view of it from the away end. Was swerving away from Ryan. It's it's absolutely postage stamp. You couldn't hit it any better if you tried. Um, sort of a hundred other times. Um, the biggest problem, of course, is the fact that we've let Stevens receive the ball and marked to the back post, um, and obviously the short corner again being our undoing. Um, I, I think that's probably. Like it, a bit like it was in the first season under Houston in the Prem. Um, I remember some Swansea fans sort of saying over the summer with, with Potter's appointment being confirmed, were sort of saying um, that set pieces defensively were a real Achilles heel for him uh, in the Championship last season. And that is somewhat um, sort of carried over this season. Um, but I thought, you know, it's, it shows how well we defended as a team. Um, if, if the one way you are going to be picked apart and concede is, is a really good strike sort of from a second ball of a set piece. So in regards to our d- defensive performance, I thought we were uh, pretty much fantastic. Didn't really concede too many chances. Um, and as you mentioned, um, allowed them to have a lot of the ball. We had only 34% ourselves, which is 
Um, obviously, Vasi something that um, you, you wouldn't expect with the Potter side, but I definitely think he deserves credit for it. Um, of course, if you cast, cast our minds back um, to the defeat in the reverse fixture in December, um, with the majority of the ball, um, we created less based on XG with almost double possession um, this time. So it, it really does speak volumes of not just having the ball, it's about how you use it and what you do with it. Um, so I, I was really impressed to see that Potter went, OK, whilst this is almost a philosophy that I want, I'm, I'm almost going to you know, be, be a bit realistic and go, at, at this point, we, we do need results as well. So I, I was really impressed with him. I think that's definitely the hallmark of a quality manager. Um, and some of our Hewton definitely fell down more, is saying, look, I'm going to need to change my philosophy here. Um, good, good as well to see Neil Mapai, someone who I've been critical of at times this season, um, finally break his his 600-plus minute um, goal-scoring duck. Um, and just a second goal from um, the six-yard box zone this season, um, after, of course, getting the goal against Spurs earlier on in the season. Um, and I think this is perhaps why he might come across as, as to the eye being sometimes less clinical. Um, he's racked up just over four XG from inside the six-yard box, as we mentioned, his chance at Palace and stuff as well. I think if you're going to miss chances um, it's from an XG perspective, close to the goal in the six-yard box, I think they're definitely going to stick in the mind more. Whereas, obviously, if you're missing chances from further out, um, people might not remember it as much. Um, but just tiny additional point as well, as we talk about Blades, um, I think Shane Duffy's been immense when he's played for us this season. He's looked a bit bit sticky a couple of times in, in terms of performances, um, but I thought he's looked fantastic and almost slotted in really comfortably for someone who's had limited minutes this season. Um, led the defensive output in terms of clearances, headed clearances, as you'd expect um, from Shane Duffy's, his absolute forte. And we've actually got, I did post it on the page earlier on today for people who might not have seen, we've got um, our highest points per game average this season is, is when Duffy's playing. And we average one point per game, 29 of 29 points um, out of 29 games. And it's 1.13 with Duffy playing. So I thought it's interesting to see, um, as some people have been heavily critical of, of Adam Webster, I thought it's interesting to see um, that from a numerical perspective, we are technically a, a better side um, with Duffy and the team. Um, moving on then to, to Wolves, Charlie. Um, a bit of a different approach, but the same outcome in terms of a draw. Um, what did you make of Wolves? Um, yeah, similarly, uh, we uh, we recognised the quality that the, uh, the the home side had. And I think we dealt with them really, really well. We limited them to very little chances. It was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a different kind of approach. Uh, to the the approach that Hewton took away at Wolves last season, obviously um, slightly different circumstances, a bit closer to the end, and it was very much a case of a point could, you know, a precious point. However, we get it could make or break, make or break our season, and um, and ultimately Hewton got exactly the same result. So there's there's I think there's arguments to say that both approaches um, have uh, certainly have merit. Um, I believe I um, I believe I asked you. Um, if you if you could if you could shed any light on uh, the uh, the XG um, statistics for for the game last year and and it turned out that um, we conceded far less XG on on this occasion under Potter than mm-hmm. under uh, Hewton. I I do recall one excellent save by Matty Ryan last year. I think I can't remember who from, but I do remember one. There's a bit of pinball in the box. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Big moment there that he kind of got us out of jail. And and sometimes you you absolutely do need that. Um, you need you need your goalkeeper to be part of um, part of your defensive unit. Um, you can, you know, it's it's perfectly reasonable in some senses to concede um, big chances if you've got a goalkeeper who is adept at saving them. And you know that is part of football. Um, just because you have a low xga doesn't mean you know necessarily that you're 
optimize optimizing maybe your um, your output you could maybe defend a little bit more lax uh, press mm. you know, press a bit higher if you've got a goalkeeper who can who can get you out of trouble in big moments perhaps a I higher risk but um it's certainly um, a valid point, especially if we, as we saw with um, with Jan Oblak in the Champions League, uh, an absolute masterclass from him. Definitely, I massively agree with all of that. Um, I was going to use the point of Oblak actually. I believe it, I saw a tweet today that he's got the best save percentage of any goalkeeper in I think the last four or five years in Europe, um, saving just over eighty percent of shots. And, and as you say, um, in regards to every position on the pitch, you, you need to set up to maximise the ability of your players. Um, I think this is perhaps where Ryan has struggled more this season. Um, whenever I've watched him as a keeper, um, he's been an outstanding shot stopper, especially with shots from range when he's perhaps been unsighted. Um, his, his diving ability, for someone who's, who's not overly tall, is, is immense. He can get across the goal really quickly. Um, where he perhaps struggles a bit more is sort of those more physical duels where he is 1v1, maybe does struggle to cover space a bit more. Um, his decision-making sometimes in 1v1s as well has, has perhaps been a little bit questionable. Um, so, so as you say, if, if he's being put in scenarios where he, he can... Um, perform the, the actions that he's going to perform most effectively, then I think that's that's crucial for, for any player to um, have that maximised for them. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I thought, uh, again, as you said, a different approach under Hewton, but the same sort of um, output. Uh, having watched the game, it, it was it was pretty boring, um, which was good in a way. Um, sometimes you don't want to play entertaining football, um, and sometimes it's really good when you are frustrating opposition. Um, Wolves created just 0.9 xG, um, which is this, just the second time um, in nine games this calendar year that we've actually kept um, our opponents' XG under one, Watford being the other one, where they created just 0.3. Um, and, uh, of course, a, a very good strike to, to open the scoring. So I don't think our defending has been awful at times this year, um, although, of course, we are conceding chances at a bigger rate. Um, but but I think that there's there's ways around it, and, and Potter's shown that he's got ways of um, masking that, especially in an open play and stuff as well. Um, um, so, just on, to Charlie. call you out on that, uh, not call you out, but um, just to just to clarify something. There. So, are you are you saying that this is only the second time this season that we have had an XGA of under one this calendar year? Oh, this calendar year, okay, twenty twenty. Yes, that is, um, even so. I was going to, I was going to say that seemed um, almost extraordinary, but I would I would um, and 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 it was because it's not true because I'm not listening very well. That's um, okay. But so I think that what that does show is it's it's pretty it's pretty um, pretty mad. That is in every other game we've expected to concede at least one goal, and that yes, is, yeah, mentally that's that's a problem. You know that, that is um, definitely a problem. We've had a massive lack of clean sheets, and and there it is um, in in black and white in mm. statistical form. Um, have to be able to um, to to perform shutouts. You 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 know you you can't you can't really rely on 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 that kind of. Uh, those kind of stats, you know, if you're expected to concede at least at least one goal, that is um, worrying to say the least. Um, yes, also, go on, go on after you. I, I will also add uh, in regards to our chances created in that game, um, not overly exciting. If maybe you just saw the stats, but we did have a lot of decent moments in the final third. Callas mm. came on and, and, and had a nice impact, some really good deliveries. And uh, another thing to note. Uh, Trossard with a lovely ball across with no touch from from the advancing more pay, which of course doesn't register on the XG. So that was a relatively big chance created. If he could have just maybe been an extra yard ahead, uh, we we could have been uh, we could have been leaving Molyneux with all three points. Um, so of course that doesn't register on on the XG stats, uh, but that was a nice a nice chance created. Um, a player who um, ranks really really highly. I've kind of made the the, the point recently that he. 
he does seem to drift in and out of games, but he is a consistent chance creator. He, you know, he does what what he's on the pitch to do. Um, ultimately, quite functional. He hasn't really shown the, um, too much in terms of take ons and and the influence that he showed. Maybe in his first couple of appearances um, at home to West Ham when he was phenomenal, uh, not the same level of influence, but the chance creation has not dipped. So I think he's certainly a player worthwhile keeping in the in the starting eleven. Um, most definitely. Um, really like the way as well um, that he creates chances. He can be quite an aesthetic player to watch. Um, and although I'm not as an individual someone who, who values that particularly highly, um, I think he can be very creative in the way, ways that he does it. Um, his assist for um, Moy against Bournemouth, nice outside the Lovely. boot, um, was, was again excellent, uh, obviously a while back now. But I think sometimes you need players who are going to be able to perhaps create something which doesn't seem to be on. A, definitely you need risk-takers in your team, which is something that the Trossard offers. Um, and in a massive defence of him as well, this is where metrics perhaps fall down a bit in terms of things like assists that do require good finishing to occur. As you mentioned, that's two great chances, um, a great chance created. Um, Wolves, he created a great one for March as well on the counter um, against Palace, which we, we, of course, won't discuss too much. But assists as a metric um, by default require great finishing. I think there's an example of Jaden Sancho this year who's got 15 assists, but he's created in terms of uh, expected assists, which are passes that lead to XG, so the amount of XG you create. He's only created about 7.5, so assists as a metric are really actually quite unstable um, and not always actually representative of a player. You can create a load of chances, but if no one's scoring, you can get no assists. Likewise, um, you can create very few chances. Players be clinical from your finishing, you get a lot of assists, so... I don't think this is always a great way to measure. I think expected this can be definitely be a better way. Or again, chances created. Um, so definitely Trossard um, is definitely someone who's going to be valuable going forward, um, especially especially in, in the Potter side. Um, so moving on ever so slightly, then we'll, we'll finish with with some strictly come lancing today. But before we do, of course, with with the season being postponed um, until April uh, at a minimum, um, and a variety. I did see Paul Barber. Um, I believe he was on Talksport. Um, discussing a, a range of possibilities for, for different league setups um, and ways to finish the season. Um, but I was particularly um, intrigued by the, the take that a lot of people on Twitter had, um, had taken on, on the story. Um, a lot of great suggestions for different ways to finish the season. Um, I saw one session of Zorb football, of course, to avoid physical contact. Um, a Royal Rumble um, was suggested as well, um, with one representative in, in terms of a player. Um, if that were the case, Charlie, who would you send? Um, my nomination would have been Dan Byrne, purely just for his um, almost immovable size. I think he'd be, be so intimidating. Yeah, that is a good shout. I think, I, I mean, it would be it would be between probably two contrasting figures. Um, Shane Duffy is just massive, isn't he? He's just so mm. such a beast. And maybe Neil Morpai, because not the biggest, mm. but he, he loves scrap. Um, I say a scrapper. Yeah, yeah he, does like, um, he does like a fight. Uh, not as many yellow cards as he as he had in um, in Brentford. Brent, nine yellow cards for Brentford last year, but I think mm. just the four for us. So he's he's got a little bit better, um, but maybe we can um, harness that uh, aggressive side to him in the inevitable Royal Rumble, which will um, which will occur to sort the season out. Um, maybe a, a slightly more sensible suggestion. Um, how do you think the season should be resolved at this at this stage? What what, what would you what would you genuinely suggest if you had to make a decision uh, by the end of the evening and and roll it out to all the clubs? What would you do? 
That's a very difficult predicament to be put in. But before before I give my um, explanation, I would like to say that regardless of whatever scenario it looks like will be put in place, um, we will be staying up because there's, there's no current mathematical way that regardless of what happens, we will go down. Um, and those two games that we mentioned at Wolves and Sheffield United, those two points are probably going to be what will keep us in the Premier League, regardless of what happens. Um, so first, I'd say a massive credit to Potter for perhaps changing his, his philosophy in what has proved to be absolutely crucial, because he could have quite easily gone, no, we're going to go out, we're going to try and pass off the park again. Not too bothered if, if we lose, because we're trying to implement this. So um, it's fantastic to see that, again, at sort of a crunch time, um, we have been able to, to draw points out of the bag, which has been a real um, a real nervous pleasure in watching us do in recent years. Um, as you mentioned last season, Charlie, uh, away at Wolves and stuff against Newcastle late on, um, against United on, on that Friday night in the first season, to, to sort of see us under pressure go, you know, mm. we can do stuff under pressure is, is fantastic. And I think it's a trait we've almost always had as a club. Um, in, in terms of what I'd do, um, I think what, what would probably be the most sensible... Um, would be cancelling, p- potentially voiding, um, but the season has, has got to stop considerably for the, for the foreseeable future. Um, I think it would be quite funny if the season was voided, um, <laughs> primarily because it would be quite ironically funny to see Leeds um, not be voided again, um, which is a, a massively biased perception. Um, so apologies to all of our Leeds listeners that like hearing us talk about Ben White, but... Um, with the, with the abuse we were given, having lost 2-0 there um, back in, would have been 16-17, and then 1-5 on the bounce. Um, I, I think it's a, a really tricky scenario because whatever you pick, you're going to upset someone, which was a point Paul Barber's making about. If you bring two teams up from the Championship and make a 22-team league, um, then, of course, the, your Fulhams, etc., will be upset because they had, they had time left. But with 10, with 10 games to go, every team could improve their position, mm. um, theoretically. Um, and a 22-team Premier League could actually be quite interesting to watch um, in, in terms of more relegation places. Um, you, you know, that, that could be really fascinating. So I'd, I'd be all for a 22-team um, league, but likewise, I'd see the, also see the value in, in voiding the season and sort of resuming for next season. Um, what, what would you do, Charlie, to, if I, you were I, in charge? A 22-team uh, league would be quite exciting. I think I think uh, the sort of novelty factor of it would be... Um, would be relatively interesting, and 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 I think that's a somewhat elegant way of sorting it out. Um, from from my perspective, taking into account the 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 extent of the situation that's that's going on, and and how this will how this is probably going to play out, without getting too uh, without getting too depressing, um, it's probably going to be quite a while. This is probably going to be quite a long term thing. Um, some of some of the more recent projections are, uh, are suggesting that. Uh, the situation is going to peak in July, which is about four months from now. Um, so therefore, if it's going to peak in July, surely um, it will sort of begin to subside, but we'll still be continuing on four months on. Uh, and that that's November. So from my perspective, um, you might be able to keep most people happy, uh, apart from football fans, unfortunately, because uh, I think the best and the most uniform way to solve this is essentially to finish the season out very, very, very late. So from November or, you know, if it takes a little bit longer, whatever, from from then, carry on the games that we still have left and basically finish the season early next year, kind of this time, and have a slightly longer summer 
uh, which would probably help because we're the uh, the Euros Euros will be rescheduled for that summer, so it will allow footballers to have a little bit yes. more extended break. And what that also means is you don't have to do any more reshuffling in terms of the leagues. Uh, the promotions, relegations will go on as normal. And unfortunately, that does, that would mean that the 2021 season will never happen. It will just be non. It will be a ghost season. It will be yes. we'll yeah. start again, basically, in 2021-22. Uh, in the only issue that I have thought of with this, well, there's sort of two. One, yeah. uh, it's awful for us because I don't think I can go. I, I don't think I can miss out a season. I think I'll cry. But that is probably the best, you know, the best thing to do. Like Yes, uh, yeah. Reality-wise. And the second thing, uh, which someone, uh, I think maybe maybe Paul Hayward maybe mentioned quite an interesting angle, player contracts. So players yes. contracts end in June. What 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 happens there? I guess if they don't want to renew, they don't have to. Um, some some clubs might be able to negotiate for them to to carry on a little bit. Do you have a transfer window or not? That's you know. That's, I think things. not. I think that would a calamitous amount of unnecessary movement. Um, if if teams aren't playing as of right now, the, the the way that I see it, if we are going to resume the season at a later date, um, there would not have been a chance for window during this time. So I think, as you say, it needs to be a delayed period of time, um, and and we resume if that is the case. I, I think the chance window should be scrapped, but by default, um, the only other issue I draw up with your um, proposal, Charlie, is we've got Burnley away on the final day. Um, that would involve us going to Burnley in like January. And it'd be freezing. Yeah, that is true. To be fair, and that that is the only that is a big, big problem. Um, <laughs> so I've never been to Burnley. Was planning on going on the final day um, and hoping it, it would be um, a, a nice sort of um, late spring, early summers um, sort of Sunday afternoon um, where we'd be we'd be safe and no one no one would be bothered and everyone had consumed five times their their body weight in alcohol on the train up. <laughs> so that might be a stark contrast of what we actually get. Um, but no, I think it's a very difficult predicament. Um, I also do feel quite a lot for the FA and other governing bodies um, during this time because I don't think anyone knows what to do, um, but a lot of people seem to know what not to do. Um, and a lot of people, of course, and understandably so, um, quite vocal in their opinions and, and uh, are directing quite a lot of abuse towards... Um, a variety of different high governing powers um, in their decision making, which I think is, is a bit unfair, um, as this is entirely unprecedented. Mm. Um, but one great, one great um, idea to finish the season um, w- was a five-a-side um, with all, all the teams. Um, and I did actually put a tweet out saying who who would play five-a-side for us. That the five that I would have selected um, would be Ryan Dunk, Alzate, Basuma, and Pai. Um, and my reason for that would be. Lewis Dunk is an outstanding ball player, um, can score goals, uh, loves to block a shot as well. Sinat Arte, who we every week wax lyrical mm. about, um, but incredibly pressure system, which you need, need in that format of the game. Um, very good speed, good manipulator, manipulator of the ball, good carry of the ball. Exact same for Ys Basuma. Um, I'm sure he'd love a nutmeg or two um, in, in the game like that. And Neil Mapai, I think, with, with the amount of shots he would um, get in a, in a five-star game, he would score an absolute abundance of goals. Um, who would you pick, Charlie, for for a five-a-side Brighton Brighton uh, team? It's, it's very yeah, probably really close to that. I was thinking Leandro Trossard maybe, but um, Basuma you sort of can't don't want to leave out. The only issue is, I mean, with Alzate and Basuma you might be all right, but there is no. I mean, you've got Dunk also, of course, but maybe no natural ball winner. Um, but they're yeah. they're, they're they're ball ball winning and 
take on numbers are both really, really good. And those are the kind of two big metrics that you'd love to see in five-a-side. Pesuma um, is unbelievably tricky. You know, he would be proper FIFA street style. Um, yes. Freestyling it, absolutely, absolutely loving life. Um, Alzate loves a nutmeg, Definitely. as you say. Um, uh, I think, I he think... does the most nutmegs of any Brighton player this season, by the way. He's had four this season. By the stats, that is what this podcast does. That is, uh, it's just And fact. also got the... Uh, got the best balance in terms of uh, tackle success and take-on um, success. I did tweet that out, I believe, yesterday. Uh, the only Brighton player this season to have 65% plus success rate uh, in tackles and take-ons. Um, he's hmm. just quality, isn't he? He just yeah. really is quite good at football. I, um, um, I saw that... Um, he, so maybe he is potentially the, the uh, our perfect five-a-side player. Um, I did see mm. people wondering if he, he should have featured a lot more this season. I would have liked to see him a, a fair amount more, but... Uh, According to Andy Naylor, he he has been managing a groin injury, uh, which hasn't really been widely reported. So I don't think a lot of people know about it. Um, so uh, which I didn't until until he mentioned it. So that is probably somewhat an explanation for his um, some of his absences from 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 the squad. Maybe some of it experienced, some tactical. Um, Potter did say that he was going to try and manage the minutes of the of the younger players because, um, it, you know, in fairness, um, Aaron Connolly's had some uh, injury issues in the past. Um, Younger players maybe not used to playing um, the intensity of football and the and the amount of games he played. Uh, twenty, I think twenty three games uh, on loan at Swindon, but uh, then returned okay. um, in January because of because of injury. So he hasn't played a full season, um, a full a full um, season of, of first team football. So I think it's it's right to manage his minutes. Um, the only other question, uh, really really impressive numbers in terms of his percentage for for. Ball, uh, ball tackles and and take ons. Um, is it heavy? Do you happen to know if it's heavily weighted on take ons? Because I don't know how frequent a tackler he is. Um, yes. So his numbers um, in terms of raw output and frequency weren't massive high. Um, they weren't low by any means, but I believe it was about twenty or thirty, maybe forty um, take ons and and um, tackles. So you might expect should he play tons of minutes, they might differ. Um, it mm. could be could be a real sort of purple patch for him um so whilst i wouldn't draw any concrete conclusions that they are very good numbers um but as you say you can't then look at that and then go oh we should be starting every week um for, for a variety of reasons um but definitely quality from what we've seen of him so far Absolutely. Um, i think the most perhaps most unexpected player to break through in the sense that we knew of his talent, but we perhaps didn't quite expect it to happen so fast, um, which is um, fantastic from him. And of course, he's now going even further, being part of the Columbia squad. Um, and as we mentioned before, in our most recent podcast, looking at um, sort of academy products and Alzate and sort of Connolly being um, the generation almost above that in terms of players that have graduated, if you, if you like, for lack of a better word, from the academy. Um, representing um, the academy really, really well, um, which is definitely fantastic to see. Um, and should we all survive this massive apocalypse, um, we'll hopefully have a have a very good core um, of, of a squad in, in years and years to come, as we seem to just sort of be producing quality and, and reinforcing that. Um, on which note, I think it'd be the perfect time to move on to a bit of a historic Strictly Come Lancing, Charlie. Let's do it. Fantastic. So I thought to, to with all the doom and gloom, I thought we'd look at it in a bit of a lighter note. Um, so we've got six, um, six, uh, goes. I don't know. Don't know the word I'd, I'd use. Um, but six questions, if you like, um, for you to answer. And should he come Lansing? 
all of which are from the games that we won this season in the league because we won on the six occasions. So quite straightforwardly, um, it just requires you to guess who the man of the match was in each game, according to Sofa Score, and what rating they got. So mm-hmm. if I can cast your mind back to um, that sunny Saturday afternoon uh, in early August in Watford, um, when the world was a completely different place, um, and Neil Mapai just, just rounded Ben Foster uh, to make it 3-0, and, and everyone was heavily intoxicated. Lovely, lovely day. That's, uh, that's really put me back in the moment there. Um, I would so uh, just reflecting on hmm, Lewis Dunk with an assist, a clean sheet. I I, I think he, he could potentially be up there. I, I think Gross. I mean, I don't know if it would count as an assist for the for the own goal. It would not. I'm afraid. Yeah, um, but he was really really good. Um, surprise! Surprise inclusion didn't feature in the in the in the last friendly. Against Valencia, um, but came in for Trossard and was just and just showed how good he is. I know how much you you love him, so I bet you were you were. I scattered. tried to keep it on the down low, but um, yes. Um, I'm I'm just gonna. Hmm, I'm I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Dunk and assist. You you be spot on. Yeah, good go. good start. Um, what rated do you think out of ten? Um, eight point one. No way. That is actually spot on. Oh, That's fantastic. I always start really um, well and then it just goes... You, you do start really well. well what, what I'll say um, is a point if you can get the player, a point if you can get the, the rating and a bonus point if you get both because I, I think that's that's pretty impressive if you can get both those right. Um, the most difficult question of all, um, Spurs at home? Hmm. Um, I think that might have been some Irish fella, perhaps. Aaron Conway, yes. maybe? Yes, what rating? 8.4. Oh, you're a little bit off. 8.8. Still is a great rating. Um, another point scored. That's, that's four from two. Um, a very good start. Everton at home. Of course, the, the famous injury time. Yeah. Luca Dean, own goal. Yeah, that's... Um... That's an interesting one. Um, so two goals conceded. Uh, so it's not really going to be any of the defenders, although Dan Byrne, I thought, played really well that that day. I am going to say Neil Morpé. You should have trusted what you just said with Dan Byrne. Dan really? Byrne was man of the match that day, yes. Was it, yeah, what, he was fantastic. Was genuinely that good, to be fair. Um, so that is... Uh, sometimes, obviously, the stats don't reflect what your, what your own eyes say. Mm. If I was picking it, just my, my arbitrary opinion. On, on I think the limit with um, Mapias, although he scored, I, I'm not sure if they do, but I can imagine they might um, reduce the rating for scoring a penalty just because of the size of the chance. Um, that might be a reason for it. Yeah, very true. Um, gross with um, nice free kick, I believe. Yes, yeah, yeah. straight through the hands yeah. of Jordan Pickford. Um, yeah, it doesn't do that often, to be fair. No. <laughs> What do you think Burns scored out of 10? It can't be like that high because of the two goals conceded, but he probably won all of his aerial duels. It's just, you know, because he's just so massive. Um, I'll say, I'll, I'll say seven, I'll say seven point, seven point five. 
7.7, you're a tiny, tiny bit off. Um, That's really so good I mean, rate, to be fair. That, that is a very rate, especially for a defender, as you say, who had conceded two goals. Um, just just whacking up his actual stats from um, from the day. You see, as you say, it was fantastic. Um, two clearances, one blocked shot, four interceptions, six tackles, dual pass on no occasions, um, winning, winning all seven of his ground duels, winning two out of three aerial duels, um, 85% pass accuracy, 73 touches on the ball. One out of one successful take-ons as well. Um, instrumental in, in that winning goal as well. Absolutely steaming forward from from his um, from yeah, his fullback right. position, which he's, he's managed to make his own. Um, we, we might have covered some of these before um, in previous Strictly Come Lancings, but I couldn't remember. So I took the logic of if I couldn't remember, I doubt you can remember, and therefore I doubt you can remember the answers. Um, so hopefully, hopefully I'm correct on that. Um, Norwich at home, man of the match. Leandro Trossard. Correct. Just straight up, I ha- it had it absolutely had to be. Cause... It's very impressive given he played about a third of the game. Um, and what do you think he got out of ten? Um, so, goal and assists for Shane Duffy, I believe. Yeah, um, Shane Duffy. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be yeah, maybe maybe eight point five ish. Yeah, you're again, you're point two off, eight point seven. That's very upsetting. Arsenal away. Uh, that was a lovely Thursday evening spent in North London. Who's your man of the match? Um, see, this is the tr- Yeah, I, I want to kind of say, for, for my own perspective, it, like Moy was excellent, but so was. So, uh, I think Webster scored the first goal. He did, um, yes, yeah. So it could be him, in fairness, considering. Um, this is this is tricky. I'm gonna go. My 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 heart says Moy, but I'm gonna go with Webster. Excellent decision making from you. Um, it was indeed Webster. Um, for what it's worth, Moy was second um, in man of the match rankings. Uh, there was a point two difference between him and Webster. I won't tell you his. Um, his score, otherwise you might be able to use some complex mathematics to work it out. What do you think you got out of 10, Adam Webster? I will say... No clean... Oh, but that didn't really matter with Dan Byrne, did it? So I'm going to say 7... No, 8... Uh, seven, 7.9 on the fringe. Oh, fantastic. Spot on. By the way, he had four shots on target that game. When, did, on, when did, has a defender ever had four shots, let alone four shots on target? Did they come from the same scramble or something? They or might did, have done. Um, he... I remember having a couple... Of, it seemed like every corner we put in from, from Gross or every set piece or cross from Morgrove seemed to just hit him straight on the head. Um, but th- that is that is absolutely fascinating, um, I must say. Criticised some of the time for maybe defensive... Lapses, uh, aerial. Yes, but does does create and score goals. Um, our yeah. top scoring centre back and I believe top assisting as well. Is he again a great um, cushioned header for for Mapai um, at Sheffield United? So yeah, it's, it's a case of if you are going to make defensive mistakes, you've just got to um, set up or score enough at the other end that you sort of cancel out. So I think he's, I think he's probably just about doing that. Um, so Bournemouth, um, our most recent win, which feels like many many years ago. Um, who do you think was, was man of the match on, on that occasion? Now, see, that, that one just 
surely has to be Aaron Moy. Indeed. He's got no hair. We do not care. It's got to be. Um, so, yeah, okay, it was. It was mm. So he wasn't involved in the first goal. Uh, but the second one, as, you, as we kind of mentioned earlier, so, so good. That was just mm. fantastic. Really nice. The um, technique to drag it across the defender and, and then sort of curve it um, top corner was was particularly uh, magnificent from from my angle in the West Upper, yeah. Yeah, it was it was sublime. Great, great little pass from from Trossard and, and great finish. So I'm going to say it's got to be in the eighth. So I'm going to just say I, I don't know if if this metric. I don't know if um, midfielders get any credit for for clean sheets or not. I don't know if that makes any difference. Probably not. Um, obviously, in fantasy football. Uh, it does. You get an, just just the one solitary point, but it you know every little helps uh, when you're when you're as rubbish at me, as me at it. So I will say for Moy on this day eight point or eight point five or eight point two, a little bit off it. Hmm. But again, um, points scored, which is a, which is actually a very good return. Looking at your numbers, so I believe that is, I believe that's eight points scored, which is which is a very good very good return. Um, yeah. Yeah, very, very good. Improving once again each week, Chai. Um, I'm sure you, you're doing spending all your spare time now uh, in self-isolation where you're doing all your research in terms of um, in terms of strictly coming answering possible questions. It's constant um, study, yeah. Yes, of course. Um, for anyone, by the way, who is struggling to, to fill the time void, there is an excellent website, and I'm not sure how legal it is, so please um, don't, tell, don't tell people that I, I sent you there. Um, a website called Footballia. So the word football with IA on the end, um, it's free to sign up and it allows you to watch full 90 minutes um, of any, or pretty much any previous game. There's loads of um, recent Brighton games on there from all, all, all the Premier League seasons. Um, so I, I spent my afternoon watching um, the Wonder win over Man United um, back in 2017-18. Um, and with the Sky commentary as well, uh, which is, of course, particularly fantastic to, to sort of hear Gary Neville um having to fake happiness that Brighton just beat Man United to stay up, um, which is particularly enjoyable to hear. Um, but besides that, I believe that's, that's absolutely everything for today. Um, apologies, it is a bit of a shorter episode. Um, however, we don't control that there's no football, so we've unfortunately not got an awful lot to talk about. Um, a final point before we depart, though. Um, there's, there's a thing going on, as it is every year, called the Football Content Awards on Twitter. Um, we are trying to make a bit of a push um, in terms of one of the awards, um, there is the entire way to, to vote. Very straightforward for, for the page. Uh, is is actually in the pinned tweet. Um, I'll retweet it and, and put it under and the link to this podcast. But if you could go and vote, it literally will take um, 10, 15 seconds of your time just to copy and paste and tweet out. Um, that would be absolutely fantastic and uh, would mean the, the absolute world um, as this page is, and now this podcast is, is absolutely taking off um, this season. So please do go and vote. That would be absolutely excellent. Um, Likewise, if there's anything you'd like to see or hear from us over sort of the coming weeks, please do let us know because me and Charlie are absolutely devoid of ideas at this very moment in time. Um, and it would be, be excellent to sort of get everyone's opinion um, and input on what people would like to see and hear. Um, Charlie, anything from you before we depart? Um, no, just uh, hope you guys can uh, can keep yourselves busy um, over over the next few weeks and, and maybe months. Um, we can all get it through. We can all get through it together, guys, if we just... Just uh, just stick just stick to what as one and uh, it's going to literally stick as one though. That's that's the last thing they want you to do actually. Stick as one. 
Yeah, actually, ideally, pick us one metaphorically and spiritually, yes. but uh, ideally stay as far away from each other as possible. Um, this is a really good opportunity to stay at home and binge watch or binge listen to our podcasts and maybe just do, maybe just enjoy the uh, the beauty of, of stats and analytics. Yes, definitely. Why Scout, of course, are offering free trials of 15 days for anyone that's interested. Um, so, yeah, you can you can make as many accounts as you want and and pour through um, the, the amounts of data. For anyone that's interested as well, um, there's an extensive amount of Alexis McAllister clips. So for anyone who's vastly disappointed, they've only sort of been given 10, 15 minutes of, of McAllister action. Um, you can satisfy all your needs over there um, for, for probably hours, I'd expect. Um, I don't know so, yeah. if um, this might be a bit of a, a mad question. In fact, this is your, your project for, for maybe the next few days. Um, in terms of uh, our transfers fees paid, um, yes. Cost per minutes played, he must okay. surely rank top. Uh, uh, and, and I mean, he definitely, obviously ranks top. If we, if you include the it eight million, ten million, or so that we pay, we paid originally for him. But okay. Yes. Yeah. Rank top, um, even for the sort of the five hundred k sweetener uh, for just for just the ten minutes that he's featured. Mm, that's um, very true. Yeah, it might be up there as well. Bear in mind the. Uh, the available minutes that he is not, he, you know, he's not been available for. So, um, take a look into some of our, our transfer transfer doings. Um, he, he will definitely be high for that. It'd be interesting to see as well. Um, the cost per goal involvement for for our signings we made in the Prem. See who's um, been the most uh, efficient in terms of money for for actually what we paid and what we've got back. So, might yeah. might take a little look at that. Yeah, I think there's a certain German corner corner merchant who might who might do quite well on that. I couldn't imagine who that might be. After. Something back in my brains. No, not here. Hunemar. No. Although he is, is he doing still doing well in Germany? Uh, is he still playing for Paderborn or is he? Is he? I'm not sure. I watched a game a while ago that he was in. Um, but yeah, I still hope he's doing well. I still remember that, that goal he scored, the solitary goal. Um, scrappy one from a corner. Well, a lovely bloke, by the way. Um, just just a genuine all round nice guy. Does still play for Paderborn? Just checked. Does he? Uh, oh, that's, that's a very good speed on your checking, by the way. Yeah. Um, He's uh, yeah, still still doing all right. One goal this year. Wow, there you go. I believe. Um, is it this year or is it just since he rejoined? Can't tell. Uh, but yeah, he's um, he's a really nice guy. Um, as 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 we all saw, and and pivotal in our in our running for promotion after after an most definitely. That was a bad. Just as a just as a closing depressing thought. Uh, like the world doesn't need more of that right now. But watching Duffy go down injured, um, struggling to play as a striker away at Nottingham Forest when it looked oh, like... Oh, don't remind me. We were going to... 3-0. Yeah. yeah. I thought, right, when, this, this when is... When David Stockdale miscontrolled the ball, and, um, oh, that was an awful day in Nottingham. That was just good. Felt I was like, this is the moment. Here we, we've been so good for months. Yep. Yep. Here we go. I was waiting for it, and here it is. Yep. This is when we're going to fall apart. But then uh, we... Um, we picked it up after that, as you as you say, um, the Leeds game another another not great moment. But after that, we um, that was probably that five games are just the happiest I've ever been watching football. Probably yes, most definitely. So on on that note, um, happy note. Yes, and a nice happy note. Please, please do um, keep ourselves all safe until we speak to you next, um, and, and use use this time wisely, like I will be to rewatch every Brighton set piece from the last probably five years. <laughs> Um, but yeah this have fun and uh, everyone be safe and we will see you for the next episode